This is the Norse Wilderness Podcast. We sit down to talk about wild things and wild places. I am an enthusiast for an adventurous lifestyle and your host, Justin Stearns. I am joined here by my son, another lover of the outdoors, and your co-host, Tyson. This is an explicit podcast. If cussing offends you, my apologies. This week you wanted to talk about dream hunts. Yep, because I love just talking about it. What's your favorite dream hunt? Moose. Moose? What's your dream hunt? Uh, it changes all the time. It used to be red deer. It's just I doubt I'll ever do that. Never say never, dude. Never give up on your dreams. I just don't know if I'm going to ever go out of country, really. Yeah, I don't know. Besides maybe to, like, to Canada. I'm not going to say never to anything. I just, you never know what life's going to bring. I mean, I have a whole bucket list of dream hunts like bison, moose, caribou, mountain goat, antelope, white-tailed deer. Yes, white-tailed deer is on it because I've never shot one. Still want to take a couple. But I most likely probably want to do like a mountain white-tailed deer. But bighorn sheep, bear, and tons and tons and tons of backcountry hunts. Not pretty much everything is on my bucket list of dream hunts because they're all something I've never done besides elk. And, I mean, I never shot a turkey. I mean, I hunted. I hunted it. I mean, I don't know if that... I do want to shoot a turkey someday. I just don't know if that actually belongs on my bucket list because it's, you know, not like spectacular, but I don't know. Got to do it at least once, I say. Got to do everything at least once. Turkey is definitely not like something that's really high up there. (laughs) (laughs) It's just something that I was like, I don't think I'm really going to do it that much. That's funny, though, is that you've probably paid, like... The most for one hunt and eh, not really it's just a bunch for that small hunt yeah because you got a blind you got those uh, turkey vests yeah and the uh, decoys I mean you already got all this stuff if you ever want it you can just do it someday I will my problem is, is that <clears throat> there's either spring turkey or fall turkey fall I'm busy hunting big game spring it's shed season so how do i give up one of those because i don't want to give up either of those and plus you already got your uh, entire season like jammed full so you don't really have much time to throw something else like that and plus you'd rather go well, i'm guessing you'd rather go hunt elk and mule deer and yeah, whitetail than just to go out and hunt some turkey yeah so unless bro- it was like weekday yeah the only turkey hunt you'll probably ever see me do is in the grocery store it's some of the hardest uh, hunting you can do. Dude, we should totally. I've seen YouTube clips or shorts or something. I don't know. But we should do it where the guy dresses all up in camo, takes his little, like, daisy bow in there with the rubber tips on it, goes into this store and goes. <laughs> no, if there's any security there. <laughs> That'd be funny. Go into the store and go up to the turkey island and go. <laughs> Everybody be staring at you like you're a maniac. <laughs> Get him. Yeah, I definitely got to do it at least once. It's just going to be hard to give up shed hunting for that. Yeah, shed hunting's already going to be hard to find, so. Mm-hmm. Especially if they decide to keep the uh, non, well, having to wait forever to go. Yeah, I know. But they, they're only doing it because of the harsh winter. Yeah, which makes me think they probably won't be doing it. Like next year. Next year they'll probably go back to normal. I mean, since they've done it once, they might consider doing it again. Well, they did it back in 2017. They did? Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, how come? Same reason. Harsh winter. Oh. So I'm guessing that they had a bunch of snow everywhere. Yeah. Another cold, snowy winter. Yeah. We already have a bunch of snow. And I thought it snowed until I realized, no, it's just like 
all this snow that was on top of the mounds that just flew off everywhere. Yeah, it's snowing right now again. We're supposed to get another 12 inches out of the storm. Over in Salt Lake where Grandpa is, he called me and just was talking about how he delayed his trip back home because of it. It's terrible. I'm so over this winter shit. (laughs) Whoops. Let it slip. Whatever, it goes to a good cause. That it does. Doesn't really hurt to throw one in. My bad. Grabbing your allowance. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck it. Yeah, I've always wanted to hunt bison, though. That's why we're going to do it this year. Hopefully, well, I should say hopefully. I haven't got all the supplies I need. I did book the... Uh, permit to wrap the ripper so our scheduled time for this hunt is the 17th through the 26th that's what our permit's good for it's gonna be fun oh yeah does school start around that time or yeah school's already in, going in november oh yeah you said well, november yeah it's the 17th through the 26th so we'll be gone for thanksgiving again whatever we'll be a couple hundred miles from civilization at that point it's a lot more fun than just sitting around eating so much that we cannot feel anything. Well, if, as long as we get to do this, the only thing that's going to stop us is being able to buy a raft. I still got to keep saving to buy a raft. Where was I going with that? <laughs> <laughs> Brain cramp. But like I said, the only thing that's going to stop us is being able to buy a raft, which I should be able to. I'm going to work my ass off and get it done. But we'll be gone for Thanksgiving, so... I plan on taking something. I mean, if we're in a raft, weight's not a huge thing, so I plan on taking a pretty good meal for that dinner. We'll do, like, I don't know, take some steaks or something, cook them over a fire. Isn't that what the... Or we could take some hot dogs and cook them on a shed like you seen on that video the other night. Oh, yeah. That'd be pretty epic. I I should write that down. That'd make some badass photos. Yeah, that'd be funny. No, it'd be even greater if we found the shed. It would, but I'm not going to yeah. rely on finding a shed. I really doubt to we'll do that. floating I a would river. Carry one if we did it. But then again, that's all wilderness down in there, so you never know. You might find loads of sheds. I mean, I don't really see people buying a permit just to go down there. Just. Oh. To... But the thing is, is a... thousands of people raft that river every year, all summer long. It's like, if you're into whitewater rafting, it's what you do. During the summer, you can't float it without you know how we have to apply to pull a big game permit you have to apply to pull that river rafting permit in the summer so it's a draw it's a draw system just like it is for hunting to float this river so it sounds like it's a very very popular thing it is i figured it wasn't it wouldn't be too popular just for going down there oh it is for how uh, much is it river rats to get the permit 46 dollars for the permit Oh, that's not too bad. No, but, I mean, that's there's loads of river rats in the world, and that's the shit they love to do. Going down the river is pretty fun. Up, down, like, dam and stuff. Dude, you should have went and shot the 460 this weekend. My shoulder still hurts. Jet, you're making noise. Oh, that was sick. That probably would have rumbled up my stomach. Would have shot the poop out of you? Yeah. Get down, Jet. And plus, I didn't want to have to bring... Or, Two rolls of toilet paper just to go out there. <laughs> Dude, my shoulder still hurts from that. It's a good thing I didn't shoot that. I don't know. It just seems so nostalgic, I guess, to me to take that 460 Weatherby Magnum and take a bison with it. You decide on it? I don't know. It didn't shoot very well this weekend. I didn't hit the target. And I'm not sighting this thing in. It hurts too much. And it's all money for those bullets. Oh, man. And that's if you can find them. If you can find them, you're going to be like 15, 20 bucks a shot. And you have two boxes, so. Yeah, but we're not going to burn through those. Yeah, you still have to. Plus, they aren't even yours, I don't think, are they? No, they're grandpa's. I don't see him shooting it. But I, I was listening to a podcast, and this. You might have actually heard this one. I bet you have. But they were talking about gun calibers on the Big Hunt Guys podcast from Go Hunt. And Brady Miller is of the impression that you shoot the largest gun you can. He takes, he shoots a 300 rum for mule deer. That's a little extra. It's a lot extra. He used to just shoot a 300 Magnum like mine. Then he went to a 300 rum. 
which is even bigger. Like, my 26 nozzle, it when my Destroyed shot that fucking deer? Man, it ruined that quarter. Yeah, it ruined an entire quarter with that 26 nozzle. I mean, it wasn't the biggest deer. A little tiny two-point, I think, right? Barely a two-point. It was a small deer, but it destroyed an entire front quarter, blew the rib cages completely out. I mean, the animal was gutted. No, that reminds me of that photo when we were all standing around it, and I was just staring at it murderously. But on that podcast, he said the reason why he does is there is no replacement for displacement. Have you heard that term before? Mm-mm. Okay, well, he didn't explain it very well on the Big Hunt Guys podcast, and apparently those guys aren't gearheads. And it has to do with old American muscle cars. You have the, like, Chevy has a 350 small block, or they have the 454 big block. And you get gearheads getting the debate of, should I have a 350 small block? Because you can do a lot to them fairly cheap for, on a 350 small block compared to the 454 big block. But then you get the other gearheads that say, there is no replacement for displacement, meaning that bigger 454 cubic inch motor is going to always be better than the 350 cubic inch motor because it is displacing more. And what they mean by displacing is it's more power. So there is no replacement for displacement is in like a gearhead saying. And he brought it into the hunting world with gun calibers, and I loved it. Made me crack up. So... If I take that 460 Weatherby Magnum hunting, you're going to record me shooting, and I'm going to turn to this camera. We're going to put this on like Instagram and tag him in it and call him out and say, this is for Brady Miller. Show you the bullet and go, there is no replacement for displacement. The boom. And watch it drop a 2,000-pound fucking buffalo. I mean, from the sounds of how impact was on your shoulder, it, it should have... Uh be more than enough to take down an elephant so well, yeah. take down that bison plenty fine yeah if you research the cartridge it says here let me well it, I won't pull it up that'd take too long but it's it defines it defines as the cartridge was designed for thick skinned or hide animals such as rhinoceros elephant elephant and buffalo if you look at the old box that grandpa kept and it's in a really old box, so he you didn't... You have one of those boxes. Do I? Yeah. Don't... You should show it to me after, because those are super rare. But it's got a picture of an elephant on the box. You know how, like, your 26 Nosler has a picture of an elk on the box? This yeah. has a fucking elephant on it. Uh, I was... When I was so, looking for that helmet piece, I was looking, and I was like, that's cool. So, oh, are these built for elephants? Is what I was thinking. It is. It was designed as an African hunting rifle. Lunker's TV shot one. Do you know who that is? It sounds uh, very Rob Turkla, familiar. Lunkers TV, huge YouTube channel. When he was down in Africa hunting, the guy down there had a double barrel, and he accidentally shot both barrels at the same time. It's a pretty funny clip I've seen. It's oh, been all over. Yeah, I've Knocks his headphones off, and he goes, Woo! Yeah, it's got some kick to it. Forget how old I was, but, but one time I was shooting my just... Wasn't it... Isn't it a 20-gauge, or is it Yeah, it was gauge? just your 20-gauge. And... It knocked me over. Do you know how old I, old I was? Probably like six or seven. That's what I was thinking, but that knocked me over. You might have been a little older. You might have been eight or nine. No, I think I was eight or nine. Probably eight or nine. I could look on my phone at the video date. Oh, yeah. That time I, you let me shoot your double barrel, my arm breezed up immediately. Did you not see the huge... Yeah, I, I'm just kidding, dude. And I don't even know if I'd let you shoot that 460. It might break something. That After the third shot, my arm was completely dead. I couldn't feel it. Yeah, see, that's that. I almost don't want to shoot it because that. I mean, if someone were to call me, you know. It's, I would. it's a lot, about like taking a feather up to a mule's ass and sitting there tickling it, just waiting, just going. <laughs> that might remind me of a clip that says, toughen up buttercup and it shows a picture of a guy that goes up to a mule, slaps and he gets kicked. Yeah, this is so we're gonna go hunt bison this year as long as everything pans out. We got way off topic. Yeah. Down a little rabbit hole, but alright. And this is like the only OTC bison hunt I know of in the lower forty eight. And I don't believe it's even available to non residents. 
and like you go on a go hunts website and they don't even have it available for residents so it's pretty low key but it's quite controversial because they don't want any buffalo in this unit and that's why it's otc as they're trying to make the population zero just because the biologists say the carrying capacity of this landscape is zero for buffalo and it's like then why are they there if they weren't they wouldn't be there if it was a zero carrying capacity for buffalo so yeah. they want you to kill them all out of this unit it's like that's so stupid but whatever i'm gonna take advantage of it give me the chance to go hunt bison over, over the counter i mean i have to give up my points that i have built up to do this but that's all right now i can go start putting in for mountain goat or whatever in utah didn't you used to have points in the for mountain goat no the only thing i have limited or once in a lifetime is buffalo i've only got four points you only started putting in four years ago Mm-hmm. i don't know why i never did i've always dreamed of hunting bison and since I was like your age when I had a bison burger in Georgetown, Colorado best bison burger I'd ever had best burger to date and ever since then something I wanted to hunt bison something about bison is just like that time grandpa brought up some bison burger while we were hunting that that was game changing mm-hmm. it's, I, I think love that was bison. the first time I'd ever tried it I don't want it to put a skull on the wall or anything I want it for the meat which I mean I'm kind of all about the skull but I, then again, that was just so delicious, so killing one yourself, it'd just be great. In the first year they come out with this bison hunt, it's only been out for like three or four years. And I was like, I'm going to do this, and then I got looking into it and how difficult it'd be. And I was like, oh, maybe not, maybe not. And just didn't do it, and didn't do it. And then finally, I was like... Here's some hairs. Well, after watching uh, Ryan Lampers and Brian Call's moose and caribou hunt where they rafted i was like i gotta do that i want a raft hunt like that that looks so epic i was like so then that's when i started looking into the caribou moose hunts in alaska i'm gonna do that for sure that's high on the bucket list then i was like then i got thinking hey i could do this bison hunt a little bit cheaper than that and it's still in the adventure of it rafting doing a raft hunt like this it's the adventure of it and i was listening to that podcast where uh shoot i can't remember his name one of randy newberg's friends drew a buffalo tag in alaska and they did another raft hunt because that's like the only way to travel up there and all that wilderness and it's like i could do that here in utah so let's do it i remember both those podcasts i don't know for some reason i just remember how he's talking about how tough it was getting through all the deadfall and that mm-hmm. clearing what about you what's another dream hunt you want to do next up after Moose is caribou. Caribou was what I was first always, well, moose was before I knew what caribou was, but found out pretty soon after that what caribou was and how cool they are. And after seeing one mounted in a sportsman, I think. Not in our sportsmans. There's one in Basin Sports. I mean, Basin Sports is what I meant. Oh. But just seeing something like that there, because their skins, their fur is really cool looking. Yeah, I, and I think it'd be great to have one. Definitely going to do that. And I would even try that. So you can buy caribou tags. Well, most of them are over the counter, but you can definitely get an over the counter caribou tag, archery only. That's within, it's archery only within two miles of the haul road during the migration. So you go up there and just drive up and down the road looking for all these migrating caribou. I watched Chris B do that a couple of years ago and I went, well, I'll do that someday as long as it's still available. But I definitely want to do more adventurous than that. Even though that's still a pretty good epic adventure. I mean, just getting to Alaska isn't an epic adventure. I want to do the whole thing that, like, Ryan Lampers and Brian called it. Float the river. I mean, you get flown in, you float the river. You're there by yourself for 10 days, just floating. You float, hike out to your knobs, glass form, glass form, hike out to your knobs, glass form, glass form, float some more. It looked painful, and I want to do it. Did you find that as enjoyment? I do. I love pain. Otherwise, I wouldn't do concrete, that's for fucking sure. I don't know, you, you come in talking about it all the time. <laughs> like, this ankle's hurting, this knee, this knee, this ankle, this leg, this, my body. But I also want to do multiple backpack hunts. More than you can count. That's what I want to do. I want to get into the backcountry and just be there by myself hunting, hunting elk, hunting deer, whatever. Get up high up in the alpine and hunt for deer, glassing all day, putting stalks on them. 
hiking your ass off, fucking carrying huge loads out. That all just sounds epic to me. So I was watching out in Arizona. I think it was fourth day we were there. No, it was the day. It was two days after you shot your elk, I think. Wasn't it the fourth day? I shot my elk on the second day in Arizona. Yeah, so it was the fourth day. But I was watching a video of Ryan. I mean, not Ryan. Uh, Randy Newberg and his two other friends of his. They were hunting mule deer out in the backcountry. And they'd walked in like 20 miles, I think. I could be wrong. But they uh, all shot some really huge deer. But like how they did it looks cool. Oh, was it with llamas? Yeah. With okay, yeah, llamas. that was Randy Newberg and Bo Beatty and Lorenzo from Go Hunt. Uh, Pretty sure that's the same one we're talking about. I just don't know if I'd be up for the hills that they had to climb. Fuck it, dude. Pain is weakness leaving the body. Pain is temporary and memories are forever. And I listened to another podcast today, Brian Call. And his camera guy, they looked up this hill. They was out tar hunting in New Zealand. And I'm not sure what the fuck a tar is. I should probably know that, but I don't know. And uh, they looked up the top of this mountain and there's some tar up there finally. And they went up there. And the camera guy turned to him and he's like, well, I don't know if I can do this. And Brian Call turned to him and was like, that's all right. Some men can, some men can't. And that affected that camera guy. He sat there for 20, 30 minutes after they left him behind. Like, some men can, some men can't. Well, he's going to be the some men that can, so he did it anyways. Mm, That's like motivation. Yeah, exactly. Don't be a fucking pussy. It's kind of like just saying to somebody... (laughs) But you're, you are, because that's like motivation. Whenever I hear that, I want to just prove them wrong. There's just always a nagging feeling in my head to backpack hunt. And some of those I want to do bivy style. Do you know what that means? Uh-uh. So, well, first off, I'll start off with the term bivy, bivy hunt. It comes from a bivy sack. And a bivy sack is kind of, to explain it, it's kind of like a tent, but it's only like the size of a person. So you stuff your sleeping bag in it and your sleep pad and it just roll. You close it over top of you, and you're like in sack, and that's your shelter. So you you just so the bivy hunt. You go out and hunt all day long. It gets dark. You camp right there. You lay out your sack, stuff your sleep pad and your sleeping bag in it, crawl in it, and go to bed. You're sleeping in a bag, and it's your shelter to keep you out of the weather and elements and bugs off you and all that. Honestly, it sounds. I don't know why. I just think that sounds cozy for some reason. I would. It's, some of these hunts will be baby hunts where you're just hunting all day long as soon as it's dark. It's like, okay, this is where camp is. Because I don't want that nagging feeling in the back of my head to, like, get back to camp. Yeah, because, you know, getting back to camp when it's dark can, it can almost be stressful sometimes. <coughs> but then there's always that sense of it being kind of, like, cool. Mm-hmm. I don't know if anybody else has that. It's just whenever it's really late and we do something, we just decide. Let's just pack up right now. I don't know why. I just find it kind of cool to pack out everything in the dark. Backpack hunting is... I've never really done it. That's something I want to do. And I want to do a lot of it. I love backpacking. Of hunting. So put yeah. the two together. Exactly. Voila. And I think that it kind of sounds fun. It's just... I mean, I'm not really in that good of shape. <laughs> I mean, I've also missed more days than you have on walking. But... And I also want to do, really want to badly get a moose. I want a moose over the fireplace so bad. Big ol', big one, laying it type big. I know that's not, like, practical to find one that big, but... I mean, just... I used to really be into the shoulder mounts, too, though. I've just decided that European mounts are kind of, for moose at least, I've watched movies and stuff and pictures of them over in, like, cabins, and it's just kind of made me want to get one. Like, that's when I started to get, there's, after looking at pictures, I just started to want to get, get a moose. There's two benefits to a European mount. One, most definitely, is cost. I mean, a European mount's two to $300. If you do them yourself, you can do it for about 20 bucks. And I'm guessing what you're about to say is time? No, because, I mean, if you do it yourself, you, you still save time because a taxidermist takes nine months. <laughs> Just the other benefit of Euro mounts is they don't take up near as much space as a shoulder mount. So, and not everyone has the ceilings that I do upstairs, and I designed this house for mounts. 
And I still don't have any shoulder mounts, and I don't know if I ever will pay for some. But I will never say never, as I just did. <laughs> well, I mean, you were weird enough to pay for a body-mounted line, not even like right. a on the huge, ginormous, this yeah. is world record well, side. Nothing like Pat's line. Do you see Pat's line? Yeah, that's huge. Big old bastard. Missing an eye and missing a paw. It's missing one of its front paws and it's missing an eye. Scars all over. So you body mounting it? Oh, yeah. it's. That's going to be it, a cool one. The taxidermist has seen a picture of it. Seen his picture that he put on Instagram. Called Pat and said, I'm coming to get that. And Pat said, I don't have the money to pay for it yet. And he says, pay me when you can. I'm coming to get it because I'm mounting it and taking it to shows. Whoa, that's that's gotta be crazy to get a call just like that. Yeah, he's like, when you get big shit, I guess. And also the fact it's just gonna add on to I. I think it'd be cool if he does something cool since it's missing that paw and an eye. Big old fighting, fighting Tom. What he shoot it with? His bow. It would have been cool if you were to put an arrow in its eye or something. <laughs> put an arrow in its eye or something. I definitely want to do mountain goat someday. Just for the terrain, the adventure of it. Get up in the high country and backpack in there in the high country, in the high Uinas, glassing for goats, hunting them. Sounds epic to me. Well, you want to hunt your own kind? <laughs> I mean, everyone in the family calls you a billy goat. <laughs> Especially when it comes to the hiking. Yeah, mountain goat, bighorn sheep, I want to do them all. Bighorn sheep, not as much, but mountain goat most definitely because of the terrain they live in. But bighorn sheep live up in that shit too, but not quite as much. Not quite to the extent that the where mountain goats do. And someday I'd love to go to Alaska and hunt doll sheep. I mean, I want to do goat, it's just, it's not really like the biggest hunt I want to do. But I mean, I still plan on doing it by the time I'm 16, because that's when I plan on doing it. If I do. Sheep or goat? Goat. How do you plan to hunt one by at 16? I don't know. They're once in a lifetime. Because I want to find a way. Um, there's not. And not unless you go to Alaska and buy an over-the-counter doll sheep hag, but you have to go with a guide. So it's like a twenty-five, thirty thousand $30,000 bill. Right, this is just proof I do not research that much about goat or sheep or... I will get Google it real quick. Average doll sheep. And you're going to do that? Hunt cost. Granted, dude, you... Did... Oh, it's not bad. How much is it? 8 to 12. 8 to 12,000? Mm-hmm. Not that bad? I thought it would be like in the 25, 30,000 range. I mean, it's a lot better than that, but it's still a bad price in my opinion. Good for a sheep on, but a lot of money. Hey, dude. Hunting's not a cheap hobby. Drugs would probably be cheaper. <laughs> yeah, but drugs, you're, you're going to look like a skinny old rat. And ruin your fucking life. Like, look at you. You're huge. You know, you got these muscles. No, I, I got too much. I need to lose some weight here. Maybe I should go, like, do some crystal meth for a few days or something. <laughs> Eh, better not. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to do bear someday, just because I want to hunt them all. And I'm bad about not hunting predators. And I need to hunt predators more. I need to hunt more bears. I need to hunt more lions, in which I really enjoy lion hunting. I didn't get a go at all this year, which is not over. I keep telling Paz, like, I need to go with you, but fucking finding time with all this hockey shit is impossible. And especially because Pat doesn't like to hunt the weekends because that's when most people go. So That's, that's one of the reasons go. I'm thinking about not playing hockey. <laughs> I don't know. But, I mean, if I don't play... We're I both mean, over hockey because well. it's been a six-month season already and we still have another month to go. And, and with doing three teams, it's been a lot this year. I mean, I might as well since it, you still have to and you're my ride. <laughs> but, yeah, like, to get back on the bear topic, I'm was going to do it this spring but then I was talking to Pat and he's thinking that this spring isn't going to be a very good season so he said to do fall bear I was like dude I'm not giving up my fall for bear I'm going mule deer or elk or bison you know I'm doing something big game so I didn't end up putting in this year 
I probably should have built a point, but oh well. I'll do it sometime. But I mean, like, it's it's kind of fair to, like, even out since predators take away some of that, but... Exactly. If you're going to hunt your... uh, Your fair share of big game. Your big game, your cervids, then you need to hunt your predators, too. Is that even that what you take? That's where the whole hunting, hunting is conservation comes in is that you need to hunt both because you can't have too many predators otherwise you don't have enough cervids so you definitely got to hunt predators and that's why we really probably should go like at least do some coyote hunting this year which is fun i enjoy coyote hunting it's just hard to get out and do it with every weekend being taken up right now every time i've gone to specifically coyote hunting which is like once or twice i think we've never seen something it's not where we go but i mean no, we've but, hunted, there's been a bunch. I haven't ever taken it too serious. I did that one winter when you were like three years old. I never even shot one that winter, but I was learning. I want to do pronghorn too. Everybody says, well, you get half and half. Well, it's probably like 70, 30, because like 70% of people are like, ooh, pronghorn, antelope, that's gross. And the other 30% you talk to are like, it's all about how you take care of it. You don't throw it in the back of your truck. When you go pronghorn hunting, you hunt... It, with a cooler full of ice because as soon as you shoot the thing you hurry and get it skinned and get it on ice and that makes sense to me because I've taken an elk to a butcher before and couldn't even eat the meat the dogs wouldn't even eat that meat it was so terrible but when I butcher it myself we all love it so it's like eh, maybe it has a lot to do with meat care so and they, they're they pretty extreme about it they say once you shoot an antelope you get over there and you take your grip and grain but you don't fuck around. You hurry and get the hide off. Which, it kind of makes sense since, I mean, I've also heard that, and this is not going with what I was say, but I've heard that you do not really want them to run at all. Otherwise, it kind of makes them tenders. Isn't that what it is? No, tender's good. You want the meat to be tender. I remember somebody saying something about once an animal starts to run. It tenses them up. The meat's not as tender. That's what it was. But yeah, I just remember hearing something about that. But I th- I still think antelope would be really cool. I'm just thinking about uh that bear mount that's in a bow shop. Oh, at Redneck Archery? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it'd be cool to do something like that with a bear and then put an antelope head under it. <laughs> that would be cool. That's just a tiny bear there. Yeah, he has pictures of it up on the wall. when they And they have a picture of a mountain lion, too. And I do want to take another mountain lion to someday. I want to take one with a bow. What do you think you're going to do with it if you get one? Uh, probably just rug it. I won't pay for another body mount. Even if it's bigger, it'll just be a rug. If you ever decide to body mount it, you should, uh, if you get two, you should like intertwine them and make them look like they're in a fighting stance. It's just that'd take up so much space. <laughs> that'd be worth it to me. Well, you'd have to have them both at the taxidermy at the same time so he could get the forms right and everything. Which is kind of hard about that. And it, that's not really too natural. Mountain lions are typically don't hang out together. They're very territorial of just who they are. Then maybe like bear? Would that ever happen? Yeah, and I mean, toms do fight. But because they are so territorial. You'd have to have both of them there at the same time. Any more dream hunts you want to go on? Besides all of them? Yes. Sick of blacktail. That would be fun. It looks hard because, dude, I've been there. I know where them Sitka Blacktail live. I've fished there for the last 12 years. That is some thick, nasty-ass country. Because the one steep I watched... as fuck. The, those mountains are steep as fuck, and the brush is so thick, you crawl through it on your hands and knees, and you hope you don't crawl across a bear. It's, um, what I heard is they the video I watched, which made me want to hunt them so bad, was there is four guys that were hunting them, and... They filled all their tags. It's just they hunted close to the water because that's where their boat was, and they know that there's so many bears there. At least that's what they were all talking about. And how worried they were about it. So the moment they got skinned, they brought it right to the shore and got it on boat. Oh yeah, you're in southeast Alaska where there's just bears fucking everywhere. There's so many fucking goddamn bears there. It's insane. I have to have a bear pistol there. Yeah, I've never went to Alaska and not seen a bear. Which, I find it... And those Sitka blacktail are so fucking tiny. They're the size of Luke. I've I've seen the comparison size of them. Tiny. It's just 
for some reason, after like seeing how their antlers and how the terrain is, I think it'd be cool. I've showed you that picture of all the mounts that Rick has of them, right? You probably have. I just have really bad memory. Up there at the fishing lodge in his back shed, I bet he's got three or four hundred different sick blacktail skulls on the wall. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, he's an Alaska resident. He gets five tags a year for subsistence. So up there they get subsistence hunting and fishing, which means that they get to hunt off the land and gather off the land and fish off the land or whatever you want to call it as a resident because that's how they get their groceries. I mean, there's not a grocery store. They're a 45-minute plane ride from the nearest fucking town. 45-minute plane ride. So they have to hunt. Yeah, and that town that they're the nearest to, all of the groceries have to come in either by plane or by ship. They're out on islands, out in the middle of fucking nowhere, dude. So it's subsistence hunting, so they can go out and hunt, shoot five deer, in which up there, for a resident, an elk is considered a deer. If he's got a deer tag, he can shoot an elk. But he says it's pretty rare to see an elk. He doesn't see him very often. Guessing what he does, he takes a shot. Up there, when they go hunting, it's grocery shopping, dude. They drive those old logging roads because it's logging's a huge thing up there, and they drive around on them logging roads till they see one and blast it. I mean, that'd be some fun grocery shopping. They're not in it for the adventure of it. They don't hike up the hills. They drive around till they see one and blast it. So I bet it was like funner when they were younger. It's just gotten used to <coughs> it, so it's kind of not as fun. I mean, Rick still enjoys it. He's a, he's a good old boy. Cause I don't think there's anything that can make me not enjoy it. Yeah, it's, but most of the time, because they live on their own little private island. Well, they don't. So technically, they don't live on the island because their lodge is floating. So they don't ever. They're not living on the land. They have a lease to lease the bay of water there. And most time for their deer, if they need one, he just waits till he sees one on the shore from the lodge, blasts it, and goes and gets it, and brings it over. Just takes his opportunity when he sees it because it's groceries to him. So it sounds like he has a gun at his window. Mm-hmm. He's shot in several out of his window because that's groceries. That sounds kind of like that would be like weird, but I don't know why that just would be interesting just to be there when that happens. I doubt here twelve so. I doubt Rick and Cindy are still doing it when you turn 18, but uh, if they are, I'll take you, because that's a fucking adventure, just going up there. You fly into that lodge, and you're there for four days. You don't touch land for four days, and it's, I don't know, dude, it's just such an adventure. You're out there, no cell service, nothing. You don't talk to anyone besides the group of guys you go with for four days. It's hard to explain the how surreal it is and how much fun it is I'm not very good at waxing poetic about this type of shit but there's not very many lodges like it there's only like three in the area most of them are land based and there's only like three that are actual floats where you float where your house is floating with with the tide up and down you sit out on the porch at night because that's what you do You you get back after fishing eat dinner, you go out and sit on the porch and bullshit with everybody, drink beer have a good time and you watch the wildlife, and there's just eagles galore, dude. We dump all the fish guts out on this rock that's like 100 yards off the lodge, and they just fly in, all these eagles just screeching in, just just screeching in and fighting each other. Then you'll see bears off the end of the lodge sometimes. You'll see them deer. Only seen one wolf. I really want to see a wolf, mainly because I don't think I've ever seen one. I've seen two here in Utah, one in Alaska, three in Idaho, I think that's it. Which is wrong, because we shouldn't have wolves here, but we do. I just seen a video today of a guy's like, what's this fucking wolf debate about reintroducing wolves into fucking Colorado? There's already 150 confirmed wolves in Colorado, so why are they calling it a reintroduction? Oh, because it's the Mexican gray wolf? What's the gray timber wolf that's twice the size of a fucking Mexican timber wolf going to do when he sees a Mexican timber wolf? He's going to fucking kill the fucking thing. Because wolves are territorial. And just vicious monsters. Oh man, they're the worst thing that could ever be done for elk and deer. Sickening. People hate them so much. These wolf lovers need to go up to like Yellowstone and watch a pack of wolves kill a fucking elk. And think that they do that every fucking day of their lives because that's all they do is kill. This is kind of off topic. Well, it's not really. It's just, I was watching a, a 
it's a cartoonish version of Jurassic World, but it's, he talks about they're trying to let out a carnivore, but one of the people says they shouldn't since they eat like two herbivores a day. Yeah, exactly. It's too many too many predators on the landscape. You know, we still need them. Yeah, I mean, I get it. It's just we only you need that balance. But we already have bears. We already have mountain lions. Which they take care of it. Yeah, they say in the book cliffs. I when we were out there doing that mule deer foundation work, the guy was telling me that a bear kills two calf elk a week during the summer. That's that's rough. Yeah. That's one bear killing two calf elk a week. When you got three, four hundred bears out there, which I don't know if there's that many, but I think that's what he said it was. That's thousands of elk, dude. Even if there's only 150 bear. Okay, let's just make it simple and say there's only 100 bear in the book cliff. Two a week is 200 elk a week. And that's just during the summer calving season, though. So let's call it an eight-week period. In eight weeks, that is... What did I say? 200 calves a week in eight weeks. That's 1,600 elk. Just in this one unit. 1,600 elk that get eaten. See, that's like almost unevening. Yeah, it's... That's why I like how you're talking about how we should still do some carnivore hunting because we need to even it out a little bit. Exactly. Because it's only fair also to take out bear, wolf, or taken out two elk... And then the biggest, like, one of the bigger things we face in Utah is mountain lions. They kill a shit ton of deer. There's a bunch of mountain lions here. Mm-hmm. Well, they, I can understand. And they kill a shit ton of deer. But a pack of coyotes kill a lot of deer, too. Which, coyotes, it's, they're still something that, like, you know what, when you want an excuse to leave home, we're just helping the deer out. <laughs> you have anything else to say? Yeah. My last dream hunt is adventure. I'm going to live life to the fullest and be adventurous and live an adventurous lifestyle. All I want to do is go on adventures of hunting, backpacking, shed hunting, anything like this. Living in the wild. Living on the edge. But all this takes physical conditioning. So that's why I've been doing this knees over toes exercises. And which has improved my knees not a lot yet, but some for sure. I can squat down a lot further. I can I can touch my ass to my heels now, and I've only been doing it for like two weeks. Yeah, and I think that's really going to help, especially with your knees as bad as they are. Yeah. They really need it. That's why I've been doing it, and I need to stick to it. And I'll get up in the morning and do the same thing, do it again, keep doing it for months. And I'll do it all summer until hunting season, and then hunting season will really tell me how much it helped. Shed season will tell you how much it helped. It will. There's so many people on social media that are pissed off about that shed closure in Utah. If there's some like reels that are just, oh, it's so funny of guys saying like, "There's this one guy," <clears throat> and then he just made a little quick reel of it, probably a TikTok. I don't know. I'm only on Instagram, so I don't know. But he walks up to a shed, sees a shed, puts his hand up to his eye face like this, and starts walking away. And then he comes back into the screen going. So the video I was watching, it showed a guy that was driving down a road, and he seen three sheds in total. Uh, two were deer, one spike, and then a decent three-point, and then really nice, like, elk. It was six-point on the verge of a seven. It started to, like, burst out just a little bit. Like, he, um... He was, like, just trying to shield his face like how the video you were talking about was. Yeah, but that same guy made another video of, like, trying to recreate a DNR officer and be like, so what if I'm out recreating and I see a shed, can I pick it up? And he says, no, because once you pick that up, your ATV recreating turned into a shed hunt. So what you need to do is put your ATV in reverse and floor it as hard as you fucking can. Man, if I okay, were to I took that a little over exaggerated, but I don't know. <laughs> it was the short version. <laughs> it, it's. Did you like my uh, Schmeagle impression? 
My precious. My precious. You're funny. <laughs> I can do Elmo too. <laughs> Elmo father. <laughs> I know you can do that weird voice with your uh, bugle too. <laughs> oh, like the old uh, cartoons. Looney Tune cartoons. <laughs> yeah. They're throwing their finger at you. I'm a fan What is it? I'm a fan Oh, shit. That was way off topic. <laughs> Whatever. Adds on to the story. <laughs> Last bit I seen said a couple days ago is in, uh, I was on the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation's website. And, uh, the title of this post is RMEF supports Oregon Constitutional Amendment declaring right to fish and hunt. And I'll read a quote here, and it's just, this. it goes on for a little bit, and it's not too long of an article. But they're, in Oregon, they're doing a House Ballot 5, is what they call it. Oh, House Joint Resolution 5. And they're saying that hunting and fishing is a right. And the word right, declaring it a right, is huge. Because right now, hunting is not a right in any state. It's a privilege. And the difference is, like... For us to have guns, the Second Amendment is a right. Freedom of speech is a right. It is in our Constitution. So hunting isn't a right. It's a privilege. We're privileged to do it. But they're declaring that for subsidy for a lot of Oregonians, however you say that, is uh, they're declaring it a right, which is awesome because if they do it here, which Oregon has already had about a lot of backlash, about hunting because they've got a lot of people on their wild game commission that are opposed to hunting. Six of the nine are opposed to hunting, which is just fucking bullshit. And that's why we need to pay attention to Oregon so that it don't happen to our states. And this is why this hit home with me. But they're declaring it a right to hunt. And this will help bring them spring bear back, but I'll read this quote. RMEF strongly recommends House Joint Resolution 5 and its amendment for the committee's full Unqualified support, approval, and passage to the full house, Willie testified. Hunting is very important to Oregonians. The value of in modern times somewhat less. People are involved in it. However, I submit to you that none of us would be here today if we didn't have some ancestors that hunted, fished, and gathered from the land. Modern scientific regulations and hunting provide sustainable wildlife populations and wildlife for the future. If it wasn't for hunters, you wouldn't have elk, bison, white-tailed deer, or wild turkey as we know them today. It's hunters that sponsored the management that brought them back to the brink of disaster. To that, I mean, it's true. When you and I buy a hunting license, all that money goes to wildlife. So my $40 annual fishing game combo goes to wildlife fishing and hunting when i buy a 50 dollar here in utah a 50 dollar hunting license for deer goes to conservation that pays biologists to find out how many deer are on the wet landscape do what they can and then when we sign up for organizations like rmef we are paying to help wildlife because rmef rmef doesn't just buy land to improve access for uh public land hunters which is the biggest reason I support them is because I am a public land hunter and I want public access to public land. But they also go into and plant and restore landscapes as well so that they're better for the wildlife, improve their carrying capacity. All of us are fighting. Yeah, it's really hard for you and I to get a hunting tag in some places, right? You can't just get a tag. So instead of being scarcity thinkers and thinking oh, we all got to fight over this one tag. RMEF is going into and improving these landscapes so that there's more deer, so that the slice of our little pie gets bigger so that we can share the pie. So that instead of one tag, there's two tags. And this is just being on a small scale. We're talking thousands, but that's explaining it in a smaller term there. It gives more opportunity, pretty much, is the short end. And in this article, it states that there's like 14,000 members that RMEF has. And I was like, that seems low. and But I couldn't find it on their website. So I emailed them. I was like, so how many members are there nationwide? And he emailed me back. And there's 250,000 RMEF members. Quarter million. That's a good chunk. 
That's quite a few. That's not near enough. There's 333 million people in this fucking country, and 10% of us hunt. So, there should be fucking 33 million RMEF members, in my opinion. If you hunt an an RMEF member, I mean, hopefully you're at least like mule deer or backcountry hunters and anglers. There's hundreds of organizations. But RMEF does the most for public land hunters that there is. I truly believe in them. And that's why I'm a life member. Which most of us And that's are. why we're going to the RMEF banquet here in two weeks. I truly believe in this organization. More than I do the NRA. And I love my guns. I'm a fucking gun nut. You know that. You've seen my gun safe. You've seen all the ammo I have. And your NRA sa- uh, clock. Yeah. I love the NRA, but I believe in the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation even more because they truly are for the people and wildlife. I'm with any organization that is willing to help give people the chance and the animals the chance. Because we can't just give us the chance because then all these animals are just gone. We yeah. can't just make more. No. They have to make it themselves. Exactly. So that's why we improve the landscape. Gives them more of a chance. Make the landscape carrying capacity bigger by improving the landscape. Which makes it to where there's more that can be made and that's why like we went out the mule deer foundation and put in guzzlers which do you think we're going to do that this summer um i contacted the army f about going and helping them down in the fish lake forest to put in some guzzlers and they said they will email us back they want the help but they haven't put it together yet so they're still trying to sort that out yep but they do have plan of building a few more guzzlers down there this year and which that's not really where we hunt but anywhere we can help i want to help and it'll be a timing thing but We'll see. Even if we don't hunt it, somebody else does. Exactly. So might as well help. And that's one less that hunts in our area. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, oh, I'll be used a little bit better. Exactly. I'll never find our honey hole. <laughs> you got anything else? Nope. Right, well, we'll leave you guys alone tonight. It's getting late. It's time for bed. Have a good evening, folks. Bye, folks. I'll leave this off. If life is short, find your passion and pursue that passion with all you have. Well, that one got expensive. Another one at 2150 towards conservation, folks. <laughs> <laughs>